It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Chicago Bears haven't had to overcome too many injuries this season, but the key players that they have lost haven't been too sorely missed thanks to the great young depth they've been able to find on both sides of the ball. Welcome into the Locked On Bears podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I write about the Chicago Bears for Bearswire. I'm here to bring you your daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. And today, we're going to take a step back and look at some of the bigger implications of the player changes and position changes the Bears have made in the last few games, and some of the players who have really stepped up and made the transition that much easier. We'll start with the linebackers, Nick Kwiatkowski taking over for the injured Danny Trevathan and the implications of that as we move ahead to a critical offseason there. We'll look at what seems to have gone into the James Daniels-Cody Whitehair switch on the interior with some updated thoughts from Matt Nagy. And we'll wrap up with the surprising emergence of Nick Williams on this defensive line, who all of a sudden leads the Bears in sacks. 17 plays into the Bears' win over the Lions, at least 17 defensive snaps into the game. Danny Trevathan came down pretty funky on his arm, and it seemed like his elbow bent kind of the wrong way. Wasn't one of those, it was one of those injuries that you just don't want to see. It wasn't fun to watch. And he popped up right away and quickly worked his way to the sideline without too much uh, fanfare, but really wasn't moving that arm at all as he went to the sideline, got it checked out, ended up going to the locker room. And I was surprised that they even called him questionable to return in that game because it really did not look good. But Nick Witkowski stepped in as the first man off the bench as he has been really for much of his Chicago Bears career. And he might have had the best game of any player on the Bears team, and certainly the best performance of anybody on defense, really flying around the field in terms of stopping the run and making some big tackles, but also really holding up in coverage. And Matt Nagy isn't ready to determine what's going to happen to Danny Trevathan and, and who's going to play where, when, and how soon, but he did give a little bit of update on what they saw from their young linebacker stepping into the fold. Yeah, it's it's not it's not real pretty, you know. So, but it's a part of it's a part of this game, and and uh, you know you hate to see that. So we'll we'll see how that goes here as moving forward. The reason that IR is in the discussions you'll be having over the next few days. It, it could be. Again, we'll know more here in the next couple of days, but we'll see um, where it goes as far as uh, weeks are concerned. Danny and Akeem are two of the more vocal leaders on that side of the ball. Right. Do you need to see other people step up now without Danny and Akeem, you know, being on the field? Yeah, that, that'll happen now. And you got two, you're right. There are two of the more vocal guys on that side of the ball. So um, when you lose a guy like Danny in the middle, um, that leadership part, you lose a little bit. But then you have Quick come in and do such a great job. I mean, he was all over the field yesterday, and that, that was really neat to see. How difficult is it for guys to 
manufacture that energy that, that those two guys bring, Danny and Akeem, uh, you know, when they're on the field? Right. It, it's it's hard just because there there is so much between the two, just their personalities in general, you know. Um, they're both a little bit different with, with how they handle their personalities, but they're very similar on the field leadership-wise. So um, as we move forward here, we'll have guys that are always ready and prepared, and the coaches will have them the same way. It seems rather likely that Danny Trevathan has played his last Chicago Bears game this season, just given the severity of that injury and maybe not a a huge need to have to rush him back given how well a guy like Nick Kwiatkowski played. And it becomes that much more interesting with both players set to become free agents this offseason. And the way it was sort of playing out, it seemed... You know, Danny Trevathan playing at a pretty high level, continuing to be a consistent force in the middle and a a valuable leader at the linebacker position. He is set to turn 30 this offseason, so he's not a player that the Bears necessarily would want to invest like a super, super long-term deal in. But given his his level of play, you know, you could see him being a guy that they would bring back for another couple years at at a reasonable veteran salary. But that left Nick Kwiatkowski in a weird spot because he's going to be a free agent and he hasn't really played a ton of snaps. He's played really well when he has filled in and, you know, over his Bears career, he's got 15 starts and, you know, 50 games, a lot of special teams in there. But he's been very capable when he's been on the field. But is that enough to give him a big contract to make him your long-term starter? or Will he accept a backup? I mean, there's a lot of different questions about Nick Kwiatkowski's future. And this Trevathan injury, especially if it's going to be season-ending, there could be a, a real silver lining there of sort of allowing the Bears to evaluate their linebacker position and really feel like, okay, this is the opportunity for Nick Kwiatkowski to prove to the team and to 31 other teams that could be interested in his services, really truly prove that he is a starting quality linebacker in the NFL and I believe he is I believe we've seen enough up to this point in his career that he's he has enough to be a a starter but how good of a starter and how much teams are going to want to invest in him I think will really be determined by these final I guess including the Lions the final eight games of this 2019 season because I do think it is Nick Kwiatkowski's time to shine and I think he does have the opportunity that if he really plays well maybe he plays well enough that the Bears move on from Danny Trevathan this offseason. Given his injury history, he only played one full 16-game season in his four years with the Bears so far. Nine games, 12 games, 16, and now nine games again this season. There's some injury history with Trevathan, and if Kwiatkowski is younger, cheaper, more effective, and kind of continues to really play well and prove himself, it's really all right in front of Kwiatkowski to, to play his way into his next contract in Chicago or elsewhere. And we might be seeing a similar audition happening on this offensive line, which has kind of now culminated in the position swap and return of Cody Whitehair to center and James Daniels to left guard. We'll take a look at some of the dynamics that went into that move, all of which may have started weeks ago, long before the last second decision this weekend. Keep it locked, right here on Locked on Bears. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We didn't really have any indication coming into the game against the Lions that the Bears were going to make a center and guard swap to return Cody Whitehair to center and James Daniels back to left guard. It was something that we had discussed um, more than once earlier in the season when the offensive line was having trouble, and particularly going into the bye week, feeling like it was sort of then or never where you would have that extra week to make the change. And once they sort of continually kind of said, and I think the media did a good job of sort of raising that question once or twice to Matt Nagy in press conference saying, consider a move back there and they said no a couple times I feel like I remember off the top of my head being sort of shot down and then all of a sudden against the Lions in pregame warm-ups Cody Whitehair is snapping they start Cody Whitehair and things are just sort of back and it's almost I don't say no questions asked because questions were definitely asked and Matt Nagy gave some answers but it was sort of uh, abrupt and out of nowhere with with not a lot of lead up to it which seems not ideal for the players involved either, but they made it work and got them a win after four straight losses in a row. So the results were certainly worth it in terms of even if the process to get there maybe wasn't quite exactly how they might want to go about it. But man, Nagy was able to shed a little bit of light on some of the reasoning behind the decisions and some of the effects afterward. That with um, the switch at center yesterday, mm-hmm. we went back and, and looked at the tape. How do you weigh maybe the risk of the snap issue that, that Cody has had and was an issue yesterday versus the benefits that you guys obviously think uh, there are of him being at center? We did just that. We did. We, we, uh, you weigh that out and you say, okay, if you make that switch, um, is the, are the pros better than the cons? And so going through a couple snap issues here or there, there were a few of those yesterday. We, we, uh, uh, you know, we've been through that before, and Cody's done a great job of pulling through that. So we just know that making that switch for a lot of different reasons is more beneficial. Um, and then we, we have ways that we can protect some of the snaps. Did the tape show that the, the switch was worth it? Yes, the for it. sure. Yeah. What ways can you be more expansive about what you liked? With the with the switch. And why, you know. Yeah, just, just a lot. A lot of it comes down to. Um, you know, some experience, some communication, that sort of thing. I say that's probably the biggest thing. Is there a benefit to having a veteran like Cody between two guys who have little experience? That's probably a, a good way to look at it, for sure. I think you um, you have a, a, a balance um, when you look at it before. You know, you have experience-wise, you're dealing with Leno on the left, right, Cody, and then you have James and and uh, Rashad, and so. You know, that was one of the things that we looked at with that switch, you know, and then I think it's just you kind of balance it out a little bit. How did James handle the, the move personally, just telling him so he doesn't feel like a escape code for some of the Yeah, players? well, we were very honest and open with him, and he handled it great. He really did because we told him this This is just a, this is a team thing. This isn't an individual thing. We love your trajectory. We, we love the way you're playing. This is just there's more to it, and he completely understood. He was great. So a few different things are kind of at play here with this swap. 
And it seems like a lot of the decision was based on sort of the, not so much how they were blocking individually, but sort of the other things around offensive line play. And no one really like specifically went there, but I sort of get the impression that some of it comes back to the offensive line and the center in particular calling out the protections and picking up blitzes properly and knowing where pass rushers are coming from and Whitehair being more of both both more knowledgeable in the offense and, and from that position, but also being maybe a little bit more of a vocal leader and a little bit more comfortable in that role than James Daniels might have been otherwise. And then there's the whole dynamic with Rashad Coward being sort of the young, inexperienced right guard next to the center, which Daniels doesn't have as much experience as Cody Whitehair. Still, it's only two years difference between them, but it's still two years of NFL, and still Daniels in only his second season. He just hasn't seen nearly as much as Cody Whitehair. And Whitehair's been a player that has been asked to bounce around to a lot of positions and, and has some some good experience in that regard. So I, I I understand the rationale behind that. But it sort of comes back to, you know, did, did Kyle Long's injury sort of put this in motion? That if Kyle Long were still healthy, would the Bears have made this change? Would the Bears, you know, not need to feel like Daniels was, you know, surrounded by inexperience or anything like that? That I, I wonder how much that factor kind of plays into this because I guess whether it's Rashad Coward or Alex Bars at right guard I suppose if it were Ted Larson instead of Coward maybe Daniels would still be at center but it's just interesting how that that injury dynamic also played out on the offensive line to put Cody Whitehair back at center even though the injury didn't happen to either the center or the left guard but even once the switch was made Matt Nagy admitted to the snap issues that were in there, and it was, you know, it was a problem. There were a, a good handful of them, and sort of the, the interesting trend there with white hair, and I think this is a good thing, is that when you look back at all the bad snaps, they were almost entirely all low, and I think there were like two of them where he kind of skipped them off the ground, and they were really bad. They were really bad low snaps, but in the sense that they're all bad in the same way, and so it feels a little bit more correctable when, you know, you can work with Whitehair to say, okay, get those snaps up a little bit higher. It's not like he's, he misses left, then misses right, then misses high, then misses low, and he's just all over the board with where he's snapping that ball. To me, that seems like the kind of thing that might be a little bit more of a like, whoa, can this guy snap the ball? But if they're just coming in low, sometimes, you know, if you're thinking too much about snapping and then getting off your block, you're not finishing your snap all the way because you're trying to rise up and, and make that block. You know, there's a lot of different dynamics that go into snapping. But the, the fact that they were all pretty much low, like the really bad ones were the low ones, it, it tells me that there's a, a something specific that seems to be fixable right there. That's a, it's a, it, was, it was a big problem, but it was just one thing rather than maybe a combination of things if the snaps were really going all over the place. So white air needs to be better. And I, I give him some benefit of the doubt and some time here because he hasn't practiced snapping in like 10 months since he last played center last year. So it, it's going to take a little bit of time for him to sort of get back up to speed there. And we knew that was going to be a part of this change. And that's why you try not to make the change week 10, you know, halfway through your season to put you, you know, I mean, that's, the timing of this seems poor and it seems like 
something they maybe should have been able to figure out sooner, but also the Kyle Long injury plays a factor in there. So it's never quite as simple as, oh, hindsight, make a change here and there. But it's clear that they feel like they've got it right now, and I think Whitehair is going to get a little bit better. I think Daniels might be able to get a little better. It should help Rashad Coward. And so even if short-term there's going to be some bumps around the road, maybe, just maybe, the offensive line is, is able to turn a corner from a change like this. We all know the delivery of that ball is important. And nobody knows delivery better than DoorDash. Whether it's a long day at work or you're stuck late at the office, treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Ordering is super easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities, so you might find a new favorite too. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and Canada, you can order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle and Wendy's. Don't worry about dinner. Let dinner come to you with DoorDash. Right now, Locked On Bears listeners can get $5 off your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKEDON. That's $5 off your next meal when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code LOCKEDON. Don't forget, promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. White Nick got all the accolades for his big performance against the Detroit Lions, but it was the man who they call Black Nick who sort of got a little bit overlooked for another really strong game of just doing the dirty work and helping hold this defense together in the interior. It's defensive lineman Nick Williams who notched his sixth sack of the season, which all of a sudden passed Khalil Mack for the team lead in bringing down the quarterback. He also leads the team in quarterback hits right now. He's tied for the team lead with Khalil Mack in tackles for loss and has a fumble recovery, a couple pass breakups in there as well, and is quietly having the strongest season of his career, which happens to also be playing on a one-year veteran minimum contract and really taking and running with Akeem Hicks's spot. Right? I mean, he, he kind of came in as more of a nose tackle, a guy who could do a little bit of everything on the interior, but was sort of on that 53-man roster to back up Eddie Goldman and all of a sudden, Nick is really a heavy mainstay in this rotation, playing a lot more of that three-technique defensive tackle position that Akeem Hicks played, but still filling in at nose tackle here and there and doing a little bit of everything they need. And he just he's, he doesn't make mistakes. He's just sort of the take on the blocks, make plays, and, and free things up for his linebackers behind him. 
You know, I, I think we did see well, there was there was one play that sticks out in my mind against the Lions where it was a run and he and Nick Williams executed perfectly the signature Akeem Hicks swim move right off the snap where he times it perfectly. The lineman comes lunging at him. He steps out of the way, swims him and pushes him down to the ground and then has a free run to step up to the running back and make a tackle for, I don't think it was a tackle for a loss on that particular play, but it was less than three yards, you know, sort of your your categorized run stop. And that doesn't even, you know, include the sacks he's had. And it's it's not like it's been an outburst of one big performance. It's six sacks have come in five separate games, you know, across the board there. And it seems to me like he's just a guy who hustles, who wants it. He has the the motivation, the desire, the drive, the determination to keep fighting on those interior pass rushes. And he, I think, is benefiting from all of the blocking attention that goes to the outside and particularly to Khalil Mack. It's not as though Nick Williams is running over multiple blockers always to get to the quarterback, but he's just taking advantage of, of every situation that's been, that's been given to him. And I think what's even more impressive about his team leading six sacks is he's not a guy that they've even really been playing much on third downs. The, the vast majority of his snaps have been first and second down. And then when they get to third downs, you know, they'll take a defensive lineman off the field or they'll bring in some extra pass rushers and, you know, give Roy Robertson Harris more of the third down pass rushing snaps. And so it's not as though Nick Williams is just in, you know, the cliche pin your ears back. He, you know, he's not in those situations where he knows the the offense is passing. He's he's doing it on first and second down a lot of the time and just being a, a consistent pass rushing threat, even beyond the sacks, still unable to get some pressures and some quarterback hits in there as well. Just knocking down the quarterback, being disruptive on the interior in addition to bringing him down, making the sacks, and, and making the plays in run defense. So it's really helped mitigate some of the loss of Akeem Hicks. He certainly isn't playing at Akeem Hicks level, and there's still something missing there, but especially in these last few weeks. you know, I think Nick struggled a little bit, as a lot of them did, you know, against the Oakland Raiders and even to some extent against the New Orleans Saints, but really turning it on lately on that interior, making you know guys like Bilal Nichols and Roy Robertson-Harris a little bit more of an afterthought. They've still been kind of going to RRH in particular as sort of their their most often-on-the-field go-to guy. But, you know, they brought in the veteran Brent Urban as a street-free agent just a couple of weeks ago, and they haven't had to rely on him too much. He's been a part of the rotation. He's not a guy that they're, they're not leaving him on the bench or anything like that. But Nick Williams is sort of you know, taking enough of that responsibility and shouldering enough of that load that they haven't needed to go to their their new addition because they've been able to just rely on the guy that they brought in this offseason and, and brought back this offseason. And he's just sort of that, that glue guy, that, that consistent veteran that holds down the fort while Akeem Hicks is gone and really, really playing at a high level at the perfect time for his career. And he's a guy who could get a nice contract this offseason, not breaking the bank, but a, a nice piece for a defensive line, again, like, like Nick Witkowski, e- either in Chicago again or somewhere else. It's guys like White Nick and Black Nick and, you know, Rashad Coward and these players that all ha- have sort of stepped up and played at a higher level than you might have expected. Those are the kind of guys that keep hope alive in this Bear season and, and certainly lend some credence to 
the evaluation of this front office and Ryan Pace being able to find talent for this team and, and maybe the coaching staff as well being able to coach them up. This is sort of exactly what you want to see out of the remainder of this season, regardless how it plays out by week 17. But the hope for the playoffs continues through this week against the Los Angeles Rams. On tomorrow's podcast, I'll be joined by Brad Motter, the host of Locked On Rams, for a crossover Wednesday edition. So make sure you subscribe to keep up with all of our daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can also keep up with the podcast all over social media. You can follow my personal account on Twitter at Cox Sports and the number one. And of course, you can submit your questions for our weekly mailbag podcast. If you want to give us a call or a text to leave a voicemail, the phone number is 312-620-8590. And you can always find that phone number in our podcast description. And I believe it's in our Twitter bio as well. So that Phone numbers never too far away to contribute your questions for this week's show. In the meantime, us Midwesterners, we're braving the early winter cold and snow. And I know it's it's football weather, but it's it's hard to get there. So I hope the Locked On Bears podcast is helping you through the early winter, keeping your Bears hopes and dreams alive, and most importantly, helping you bear down. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.